1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse, it's episode 123, we're recording about five hours after Roma's awful, awful performance at the Olympico today against Sassuolo, it's Jimmy and I here, Brandon not with us, in his defense he did tell us he wasn't coming on before the match, so it's not like he's avoiding talking about a, a disgusting defeat, but Jim, man, I mean, we got so... I guess high after those wins against Juventus and then Sociedad, you feel really good about where the team's going and then it's another miserable performance against a, a mid-table type team.
0: Yeah, I mean I hesitate to call Sassuolo a mid-table team granted they're in 13th place but the talent level is certainly there. So I I this isn't this isn't just some team that's you know floating around. They do have players who will inevitably in the next season or two be sold for like 40 million euros each to big clubs like Frosinone uh I'm still surprised that Berardi's still there, Pinamonti. These are all excellent players, um, not even to mention uh, Lore- Loriente, who was excellent. Um, so there are very good players on this team, and it reminds you that Sassuolo is probably the biggest small club in Serie A at this point. I think that's fair to say, because I don't think we most people call Atalanta a small club anymore. Um, given that, yeah, it's really disappointing. Uh, I think that I'm assuming our next podcast recording will probably be right after the Derby. Uh, the mood could be totally different after that, because I feel pretty good about Roma's chances going into the Sociedad second leg. And I feel pretty good about Roma's chances against Lazio because this team does consistently show up against the big boys now. Um, but still, yeah, it's a tough one to stomach.
1: Yeah, r- really tough to stomach. I mean, this was not what you expected. Now, granted they are, was some turnover in the starting 11 when the, the the lineup was released. We knew Cristante wouldn't be there because of uh the yellow card suspension. We knew Pellegrini wouldn't be there. We knew Bellotti wouldn't be on the bench because of the the two injuries they picked up on Thursday, luckily not long-term things. Um and then they threw a little wrinkle into it, resting Dybala, resting Mancini who's on uh, you know one away yet one yellow card away from suspension of the derby, so it made sense that they would rest him, try to avoid losing him, but it was, you know, when when the starting 11 came out i kind of said where the goal is going to come from and in the first five minutes roma had two really good chances uh namely through genie winaldum i mean he was pretty much center of of the box shot at right at the keeper the xg on that on that shooting location was 0.33 which is pretty high for an individual chance 0.22 goal uh you know shot on target um keeper made the save in the second minute Roma had a couple other opportunities and then it was, you know, issues after that. But before we get too much into when the issue started, what did you make in the starting 11? I know you were excited for Bova and Kumbula when, when the starting 11 came out and unfortunately didn't go so swimmingly for those two especially.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say that I saw recently someone saying, maybe it was on Twitter after the match, like, this is what happens when Roma rotates. And I mean, as much as that might be true. There's not really much of another option, is there? Like, we've got five matches in, like, a week and a half with this current schedule. Roma is largely succeeding across multiple competitions right now, and this is kind of the punishment that you get when you play like this, but you don't have the funds to be a Manchester City and have two full starting 11s under your belt. Um, Yeah, I mean, also, let's be real. Looking at that starting 11 that actually did come out, that should be a starting 11 that is able to beat That's Willow. Let's be real. Like it has Tammy Abraham. It has Wijnaldum. It has Spinazzola. It has Zalewski. It has Rui Patricio. Like there is still enough of that starting 11 that normally is part of the starting 11 for me to not really buy the, oh, this was just on the players who rotated in. I'll also add that when we were saying this right before we hit record. Roger Ibanias had another stinker of a game. And like Yeah,
1: I was gonna get there for sure. Like,
0: if if we're gonna we should rightly rightfully be criticizing Eduardo Bove and Marash Kumbola. I'm pretty disappointed in Kumbola because I thought that he showed really strong potential in our last match. And it was really good for him to score his first goal for the club. And as a defender, it's not like he was like having a goal drought, but you know what I mean. It's nice to score a goal. Still, um, I'm more frustrated with the the typical starting 11 players who were playing and were unimpressive more so than the guys who came in because yeah, you want the guys who come in to, to like showcase themselves and make a statement for why they should be in the starting 11 regularly. But the onus is also on the guys who are like fixtures of the starting 11 to perform well when there is some rotation. And to be quite honest with you, uh, the one, the one guy, the two, mm -hmm looking at the starting 11 there, there were about four players that I could say out of the starting 11 who are traditionally in the starting 11, who I can feel at least like mildly happy with their performance. I was happy with how Ari Patricio played today. Yeah. He, we, they gave up four goals, but to me, they weren't largely on Patricio. He did. And like a lot of those goals were off of rebounds, which are, you can't really fault the goalkeeper for, for like being in that situation too often. Uh, I was, pretty happy with Zalewski. he got his first goal for the club which is nice he's also playing out of position which for the love of God please stop playing him as a right back it's really like just giving me the Alessandro florenzi PTSD um third Matic was great uh Matich played a very good match um in my opinion and uh wine like all like all four of those guys came to play uh when it came to other players like you we can we'll get into criticizing the ref but Smalling did not do his job today. Ibanez did not do his job today. Spinazzola was largely underwhelming. El Sharawi had chances, but again, was largely underwhelming in my book, and so was Tammy. And it's very easy, as I was saying before, it's easy to criticize the guys who came to the starting 11 who were rotated in. But the onus has to be on the, the star players or the players who are consistently starting as well, because they're the ones who are supposed to be in form. They're the ones who are getting the minutes to showcase themselves all the time. Like that's, yeah, that's how I feel about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, going, going to Banya's, uh, the, the first two goals, in my opinion, were pretty much on him. He fell asleep on the back post on the rebound on the, the Lorient goal the first time. Um, I, I think in the second one, he also kind of got caught out. If, I'm, if I remember it correctly, I know it was Lorient again. Um. It, it was it was not impressive from from Roma and um
0: and let me just say on, like I will just say on, yeah Morante Lore, has been a good player this season. Oh, he's, he's been very good. He's, he's a very he's promising a baller, guy. Yeah. He's like he looks. He's he's the type of guy that I wouldn't. But if Roma actually had two st- solid starting 11s, like I would want him to be part of that as a forward. Like he would be a perfect backup forward for Roma in a lot of different ways. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, like. I think Rodri Ibanez often gets a lot of praise from fans in the same way that Medi Benatia got praise in the same way that like Marquinhos got praise in the sense that their role tactically has, is always like kind of showier as a defender. Um, but that makes it five times more noticeable when they have fuck ups like this. Yeah. And Ibanez has been, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, but it feels like Ibanez has, has been having more stinkers of matches recently. um, And we were again, we were saying this right before we hit record. If there was a sacrificial lamb to go in the summer, let's say Roma gets Champions League. Let's say that there's good money coming in regardless. And let's say that Roma ends up keeping Tammy Abraham because there have been rumors saying that Chelsea might activate that fee and then who knows what happens. If they need someone to sell to fund the transfer market, I'm going with Ibanez. Um, I always trust Roma through multiple different incarnations of this scouting team, they've been able to find world-class center backs. Uh, this was true in the Sabatini era, this era, this was true in the Petrarchi era. Like even our, like, like our Primavera prospects have been looking good who come in as center backs. Like I've liked what I've seen from, from Tahirovich. Um, I trust them to find a new center back. And Rodri Banez is getting on my nerves at this point.
1: Yeah, it, it... Patricio made the save on that one. Uh, Bove kind of slipped, gave the ball away. They, they shifted it the out. The pitch to, was also
0: uh, in the, terrible yeah. condition. Let's be real. Yeah,
1: they the pitch did good. look um, good. Yeah. You know, they shifted out to Roma's left, um, and then the shot came in from Pinamonte. Decent save from Patricio, I thought. I, you know, some keepers might have been able to corral it a little bit better, but it, it's a tough save to kind of keep that ball. He parried it away, and... And Ibanez slept on Laurien, who who is a guy you can't sleep on from what we've seen this year. You know, I did the preview and I said that I think Sassuolo had scored 30 some odd goals in in the first, you know, 25 matches. And yeah. it was Berardi, Fratesi, and Lorient had accounted for half of those goals scored. And... Uh, two of those three scored today, and Lorena had two. The second one was a little bit better of a, a, a shot. I mean, the first one, you and I could have put in. My, my one-year-old son probably could have put that first one in, the way the ball fell to him. You um, didn't really have to do much, and it was mainly because Ibanez fell asleep on him. And yeah. when you're playing a back three, that kind of falls to the center back from what I saw positioning-wise from everybody else. I don't think that's on Zalevsky, the way that that play played out.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I can't Ibanez criticize was Loebay for too much. I can't. Yeah, it was it was unfortunate for Bove. Like, and I will note that, like, you know, there was a uh, Six Nations League rugby match between Italy and Wales at the Olympics today. today. Yeah. And good God, I will be happy once Roma has a stadium that is not constantly used for other purposes right beforehand. Because we, I was, I was lucky enough to be able to watch this match, at least half of it, at the uh, DC Roma club uh today which was a really great experience anyone in the dc area should try to get involved um and we were saying from the get-go like that was a terrible condition for the pitch
1: yeah and it was roma, bad
0: and once roma actually gets their own stadium i hope they wouldn't be showcasing rugby 24 hours before <laughs> um and uh given that you know it's it's frustrating it's not an excuse but it is frustrating that roma's field is just in such disrepair constantly because then you see things like that happen you see bove slip and a goal happen. like you can't fault him for it but the goal counts just the same
1: yeah and i'm i'm, I'm the first goal definitely roger fell asleep on it the second one kambula couldn't stop but already from making the cross and genie i, I, I want to correct myself wasn't ibania's it, it was genie was kind of standing around the middle of the box couple guys Zalewski tried to recover late it was not really he was kind of like in between Zalewski and, and Wijnaldum. So, again, nobody really paying attention to that like kind of broken play where they kind of lost track of, of guys. And it was quickly 2-0. Roma was down. It was like in the blink of an eye. And I I, I I did not expect that. I don't think anybody expected it. I was kind of shell-shocked. And then, you know, Zalewski came back. It was a, a good cross from Spina Zola. Zalewski hit it into the ground and it spun over the keeper to, to get that one goal. And you're like, all right, we're back in the game 2-1. You know, I, I think Roma – against a team like Sassuolo is capable of three goals because Sassuolo does bleed goals. We've seen and said, yeah, they, they were a minus yeah. seven goal differential. And then that play right before halftime just kind of killed the game off. Even though Romo tried to fight back in the second half, I, we got to talk about Kambula. I mean, that already definitely kind of baited him into it. He gave him a little, I don't yeah. want to say kick. It wasn't a kick in the nuts, but he kind of gave yeah, him a, it little, was a kick like, in the nuts. little tap, right? He gave him a little tap.
0: My kick is, yeah. Uh.
1: Tussling on the ground. Now, did Kabula blast in the way already reacted? No, but in in the era of VAR, that's always going to get picked up. It's always going to get picked up, and because it was a kick out, a kicking motion, it's always going to be a, considered a violent play by the official. um Just stupid on his part, really is. I mean, we you saw Moise Keane do the same kind of thing last week and be the one that got caught against Mancini, and this was the same kind of thing. Not as violent of a kick out, but it, it was a kick out nonetheless, and. A player who's trying to, you know, earn his way into Mourinho's good graces, earn more playing time, really stupid play.
0: Yeah, it's not the smartest play from him. You got to be really disappointed. I mean, to me, it should have been a double red, Uh, because if you can use VAR to look at one kick, you should be able to see the kick in the nuts that Berardi gives Cambola beforehand and say, hey, you both should be out of there. Let's also just be real and say that the refereeing in this match was pretty atrocious overall. Um for the first 6 or 7 minutes Roma was looking almost completely in control and then very conveniently Smalling was given a do nothing yellow and yeah yeah that yellow was yeah and coincidentally that's when Sassuolo was able to get things going and that's just honestly how it works in in Italian football matches sometimes that the ref gives a yellow and then all oh, suddenly you know the other team gets a lot more energy and that was really frustrating because Roma actually looked quite good to start off this match. Um mm-hmm. more broadly about kumbula I would say this was the exact opposite of what he would want to do after kind of proving himself in the match prior um to be an a valid option at center back. It's also not what Roma want because the whole reason why uh Kumbulla was in the starting 11 this week was because uh we want to avoid having Gianluca Mancini uh suspended for the derby and thankfully we did yeah. avoid that. But at the same time, these are the moments where you need to show your mental fortitude. And as much as it sucks to get kicked in the nuts, um, you gotta be better than that. That, that basically that's it. Like you gotta be better than that. And hopefully it's a learning experience for him. But yeah, you gotta be better than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's the end of Kambula in, in Aroma shirt, sure, but I think it's gonna be hard for him to earn his way back in if everybody's healthy. If if Lorente is healthy, who he wasn't today, uh, came out at halftime of the Europa League match, I'm, I'm assuming with some kind of injury. Um, you know, if Mancini, Smalling, Ibanez are all all fit and not suspended. And, and it, it's going to be hard for him to get starts, I think, after this, at least for a little while, because it seemed like he was out of Mourinho's good graces for a, a bit. Kind of seemed like he was working his way back in. And yeah, 45 minutes and then, boom, kicks him and and that was not a good play, and, and it put Roma really behind the eight ball. Um, I I I don't know the rules 100%. To me, it's crazy that that play is a penalty kick. I know it happens in the box, but Patricio has the ball in his control. Like, the play is over. That, to me, is like, you want to... And I'm sure some of our listeners know the rules better than me. I'm sure it's one of those things, like if there's a foul in the box, it's, it's automatically a penalty kick if it's on the defense. But to me, that's almost like after the play, like it's like, you know, like one of those, and and I know there was no whistle, I know the ball didn't go out of play, but it's almost like in the NFL when there's uh, a personal foul after the play, right? Like it doesn't affect certain things. Like to me, that's not a penalty kick. It's just kind of harsh to give the penalty kick. I know it's probably just the rule, but that's really what buried Roma. The the, the three, two made it very difficult on them.
0: Yeah. You're not wrong there. I think that the three, two is what sealed the deal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I wish that Roma had been able to do better out of this one. But at the same time, we know that this club lives and dies by Paulo Dybala. He had a great goal this game. Right so, after
1: halftime. Brought him right back after in the halftime.
0: Game. Yeah. But to put it simply, again, this is one of those things about depth, about developing talent, things like that. Roma needs to get to a point where they don't have to just be trusting Paolo Dybala to save their ass. And if that sounds familiar to Romanisti, uh, that's because we basically said the same thing for most of Francesco Totti's career as well. It was like, hey, you know, Roma's, Roma's pretty decent, but also they can't just rely on Francesco Totti saving their ass every single game. And the good news is I do think that this squad has either the talent and potential to grow into that. Um, I mean, if we're looking at the table, Roma is very much still in the thick of it for a Champions League spot, and I will not be surprised. Like, in this next one is a six-pointer six if we're playing against Lazio. Uh, I think Roma can win the Derby della Capitale, and that would put us very in a very comfortable position when it came to the Champions League spot. So I'm not too worried just yet, and the hope is that Roma can get through the rest of this season – get deep into the Europa League. I'm not gonna say win it all, but you know, at the very least get deep into this, maybe the final four, maybe the final. Um, and then after that, use the money, develop depth, find a long term repatricio replacement. That that needs to be the summer goal.
1: Yeah. It, it, and you mentioned the Dybala goal that got Roma back in it. I, I give the team credit. They fought down a man for the whole half. Um, there were times when it felt like Roma might even get that third goal. There was even, you know, a, a time where the announcer kind of hinted at Like, you know, Tesla might need a fourth goal to win this match. It, and in the end they did uh, because Genie got that late goal. Uh, the third one, when Roma was ready down 4-2, but, um, but Roma fought that, and and it was it felt like a DiBala rescue job when he got that first goal. It was almost mm-hmm. like, wow, is he really going to bail them out of this situation? At least get a point out of it. It wasn't to be. Um, but but they didn't, you know, just kind of capitulate altogether after going down a man. They were in a tough spot. I mean, the capitulation to me happened when they were still in eleven men when they they fell down two nothing to Cecil at home within the first twenty minutes. That that to me was was shocking after the way they played these last two. You know, if you're good enough to shut out. Juve and then Sociedad in back-to-back matches I know sassuolo has got a pretty good attack yeah I, w- I wasn't surprised that they gave up a goal and but it was just the way the first one was given up the second one they were kind of plays that should have been shut down before they got to the point of scoring the goal in, in my opinion uh especially that second one that you know that already had a couple chances in the box I got a shot got his own rebound made the cross to Florian so it was definitely um not what you wanted and the, the thing is, like, you went into this match, like, oh, yes, like, Inter unexpectedly loses to Spezia, right? Uh, and you're like, yeah. okay. And then Atalanta lost again to Napoli, which was k- kind of expected. Hey, you figured Napoli would bounce back, and, you know, okay, we could kind of give ourselves a good distance away from Atalanta, kind of push them out of the Champions League race. Oh, Lazio get 0-0 draw against Bologna. You're like, wow, things are really breaking Roma's way this weekend. And went from golden opportunity to now being like, wow, thank God these teams all drop points because if they didn't, we'd really be in the shitter. Um, yeah. Milan plays tomorrow against Salernitana, kind of assuming they're going to win. They've been in pretty good form now. And this is the second time now in about two and a half weeks that Roma's blown a chance to be at least level on second in points with Inter.
0: It and, is incredibly frustrating yeah. that they've lo- blown this many chances because, yeah, th- this team could comfortably be in second place right now if we hadn't blown all these chances, to put it simply. like it, that That's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. However... I will say again that I'm still overall encouraged by this side. And like the fact that we're recording this mat this right after the Satsuolo match versus right after the Real Sociedad match, like obviously changes the tone a bit, but we should stop and say that it's a good thing that Roma is up zero after that one. Um, like Roma is in good position to be in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. That's something to celebrate. And uh looking at the rest of the options for who they might face in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I feel pretty good about them getting to the semifinals too. So hopefully, hopefully that this can be more of a bump in the road than a uh, derailment, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I feel pretty good about them, you know, going to Spain up to nothing. The way Roma plays defense generally, uh, they're in a good position, right? Roma does not concede a lot. You expect if Roma can find one more goal, I think they're golden. Um, I think even at two nothing, I think they're good enough to win that. Um, you know, advance at, at the very least. Um, and and you see the teams that are in the Europa League. You know, look, Arsenal drew against Sporting, right? Yeah. Um, United had a tough time with Batiste for a while. I mean, there, there's teams that are there for the taking. I mean, who really scares you besides maybe United and Arsenal on their best days? And you know, thing, they they haven't. Arsenal's been very good this year. I will say that. United's had their ups and downs at times, just like we have. So I think the Europa League is open if they get past sociedad depends who they get in the draw in the the round of eight, right? Juventus is is there too. That's a, a team that's, I think, really gonna be hungry for Europa League glory because they know that might be their best path to the Champions League, depending on their um, you know, recourse with the points deduction. And that's something Rome's gotta keep an eye on too, because if you may get their 15 points back, Champions League becomes a little bit more complicated because it's no longer just, okay, we got to beat out Lazio or Milan or Inter. You know, now it becomes we have to beat out probably two of those teams if Juve mm-hmm. is giving back their points. So these kind of drop points, three against is a three here against Sassuolo, they're going to catch up if Roma can't turn it around. And and that's what the scary thing is, because now the six-point you mentioned next week against Lazio, to me, is like a must-win now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. The Derby della de Capitale is always a must-win but at the same time, uh, it really is. And if this was a Roma of any other incarnation, different manager, different ownership, I'd be a whole lot more worried about the Derby della Capitale than I am, because we've we've seen this this club be able to handle the big matches now more more so than the little ones, honestly. Which yeah. is a change of pace. Um, so I'm I'm definitely less worried about it than I have been, would have been before.
1: Yeah, they, they do handle the big matches. They did lose to Lazio 1-0 the first time around in a match that Lazio was without, I believe, Immobile and Malikovic Savage. So oh. um, Immobile has been out for the past couple weeks now. He, he may as well be out next week, too. Uh, Roma just has to kind of play their game. And if Roma can find a, a goal or two against Lazio, I'll, I'll feel really good about their chances of being a, an Immobile, less Lazio. Um, but this is going to be a big close to the month, right? You, you definitely now, at up to nothing have to get through to the Europa League quarters. And, yeah. you know, depending on what happens in the Derby, maybe the Europa League becomes even more important, similar to what happened last year. I hope that's not the case. I hope, you know, they're in both competitions as far as they can go and, you know, they don't have to say, Oh, we're in sixth place and say, yeah, now we, we, all our eggs are in the Europa League basket. Cause you know, knockout football is always a crap shoot, you know, one, one bad call or one bad red card or penalty kick could really put you behind the eight ball. So definitely it's something for them to, aim for still and and I think with Mourinho they're always going to aim for trophies which is why you bring in a manager like Mourinho but yeah man they need that Champions League it, it's it's not like uh oh you know it'd be nice if we qualify for Champions League like they they need it no, they need point. it
0: they need it and I think they all know they need it which is important and but also beyond that I would also just say that as opposed to ECL last year where it was like oh if we win it we only get Europa League then it is nice that if we are able to win Europa League we get a Champions League spot Yes, um it's definitely a nice backdoor. Like, as much as I don't want them to necessarily over-prioritize the Europa League because the nature of a cup tournament is one bad match and it all goes down the drain, at the same time I feel a lot better about Roma's combined Champions League chances because Roma has a chance to get there now through both the Europa League and mm-hmm. the league. Uh, yeah. That is That is a gift and I think that I don't think it'll be much of a problem. My my current bet is that Roma ends up in third or fourth and probably gets to the final of the Europa League. I don't know what will happen after that because they could be facing an Arsenal or Juve. Um, but yeah, I feel pretty good about Roma's chances in the league. I don't want them to sacrifice the Europa League for league placement, though I always hate how Italian clubs seem to always do that that once they get to like the quarterfinals, if it's a little bit tight in the league, they're like, oh, just send out the B team, give up and call it a night. Like that to me is the exact opposite of what you should be doing as a serious professional club.
1: You mean like Lazio does in the group stage all the time of every tournament they're in? I mean, it's
0: not just Lazio, it's Inter, it's (laughs) it's everybody. Like Napoli actually look like they have a shot at winning the Champions League this year, which good for them. But throughout most of the past decade and a half, Roma has been the only club that actually, other than Juve, who gave a shit about um, European competitions.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I was poking fun at Lazio because they crashed out of the Europa League group stages and yeah. uh, lost the first leg of their yeah. uh, conference yeah. league match the other the other day uh, against I think our old friends Feyenoord, team we beat in the final last year. So, um, kind of funny. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the jokes on them on Sunday too. Uh, yeah, just w- w- since we have the Europa League on Thursday, just to look at the results from the other day. Um, Sevilla two nothing over Fenerbahce. Uh, Juve has a one nothing aggregate lead on Fre- Freiburg. Uh, both those teams go away. I don't know. playing Shakhtar. That was a one-one. They they lost to a different Dutch team the other day Lazio. I'm trying to remember who. But um, uh, Leverkusen's up two nothing. They're probably going to get through. Roma's Roma's up two nothing. Arsenal two-two against Sporting. They're going home. You, you would expect them to win. Yeah. Uh, Union Berlin three-three against uh, Belgian side Union. I think it's Saint Saint or something. I'm probably pronouncing it poorly. But uh, United end up winning four-one against Batiste. I know they it was tough early, but they ended up winning four-one. So they're they're pretty much through. Um, so, you know, there's going to be quality teams you're probably looking yeah. at two English teams. You're probably looking at Sevilla. You're probably looking at, um, at least one, maybe two German teams, probably Juve. Right. And then mm-hmm. it's Feyenoord, Shakhtar is probably the one that's most up for grabs along with the union, union matchup. So, um, we'll see where the chips fall, but I mean, I, I, like Roma's chances in a knockout style competition against most of those teams in the quarterfinals. Like you said before, I think Roma's very capable when they have all their, you know, guys playing, um, and speaking of all the guys playing, I think an important thing we missed too when we were talking about the match, Brian Cristante is, I think, a lot more important than people give him credit for in the midfield. Yeah. I think his absence was big today.
0: Cristante is kind of, there are player like I I I feel like I have been gravitating more and more towards players who keep things together even if it doesn't necessarily show up on the eye test as much. Um, I feel like both Mancini and Cristante play those roles yep. at the club right now uh, in the sense that they're not flashy. They're not scoring a bunch of goals, but the work that they do to make sure that the players who are supposed to score goals can score goals is absolutely crucial. Um, and for Mancini, it'll, like Mancini's overall defense combined with Smalling allows for Ibanez on his better nights to be able to effectively man mark and like shut guys down. That's important. Yeah. Um, both of those roles are important, and with Cristante, having him there provides a level of calm that allows for a Huinaldom or a Dibala to go forward with confidence. Because you got to remember, all these players who are doing beautiful tricks and scoring great goals are able to do that because they've got confidence that if they fuck up, it's not going to just like result in. A breakaway leading to a goal, and you need a guy like a Brian Cristante to be able to help make sure that, that they have that confidence.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and, and I think from a leadership perspective too. No Pellegrini, yeah, no Mancini, no Cristante. You're down to your fourth, cent, uh, fourth captain in the, in the kind of the hierarchy. Um, with Smalling was wearing the armband, you kind of lose a lot of the leadership around the pitch. Um, and Cristante, for some of his faults, has been is, is a leader on the pitch. We see it all the time. Um, Pellegrini, we missed today a little bit too. Maybe, you know, if Cristante suspended Pellegrini's fit, then he's playing further up the pitch. When Holland in the double pivot, uh, gives you a little more of the veteran presence in the middle of the park to deal with players like fratezzi and, and those guys just all around. Very, very rough going today for Roma. I mean, it's just one of those matches. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we can sit here and talk about it for probably hours and, and there's no way to pinpoint it. Um, you know, it's one I'm kind of glad we're talking about this on a Sunday and we didn't wait till Monday or Tuesday like we do most of the time just because yeah. I want this one to be over and move past it and hopefully they can beat Sociedad or at least get their a draw against Sociedad, go through, even lose one nothing for all we care at this point. I mean, you don't want to really go through with the loss, but you can. Yeah. Um, Brandon's not
0: here, so I can be optimistic. I think we win both these matches. Yeah.
1: I I do think we get through and then I'm hoping we can carry some momentum into the Derby and and take care of business because man, I can't, I can't stomach a second loss to that team in a season, Uh, especially when we had such a, a roster advantage in the first matchup. I'll call it with the suspension and the injury that they had. That was, that was rough. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't have much else to say about today's match.
0: I feel like we've kind of covered the bases, Uh, but with Sociedad coming up with uh, Lazio coming up, this is a pretty crucial seven days. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Roma shapes up in the Derby without Mourinho, because Mourinho will be also suspended yeah. for that one. Um, I don't know how much of it actually matters. Just how much do you
1: think it. that matters, we Well, we'll end on that. Do you think, like, his presence, because yeah. I think last week his presence was big against Juve, like, but we've played with, without him. We've played with Volti. I mean, Mourinho has, like, my guess reality, is that he's right got, like, a,
0: like, that the refs turn a blind eye to some assistant having an earbud in you know what i mean yeah like, like we got in trouble back in. i remember during the rudy garcia era for like rudy literally sitting in the stands with like a with a uh, a phone yeah like telling, them, telling them what to do i remember we got fined like pretty heftily for that uh i would imagine that they do something like that honestly like he's probably in some back room in the olympico watching on closed circuit tv being like hey get them to change this or sub yeah. in so and so or whatever like I don't feel too bad about flaunting that rule because I do think we flaunt that rule simply because, goddamn, this season so many referees have had like matches that feel like all-time stinkers against us, and this definitely felt like a bad match uh, from the referee, and that's really frustrating because again, I'm not going to. I pin
1: thought off the Yellow the was harsh too. I thought he got mo- pretty much almost all ball, and then it's obviously like, he got Fertesi a little bit at the end, but I thought that was a harsh yeah. one.
0: It's like when you watch basketball and like a key player for one team picks up three fouls early. You can't like, it changes the entire shape yeah. of the match. And when you give a yellow card to a key defender early, it changes the character of the match. And that's what happened here. It was a no yeah. call. That was like a garbage call for him to get a yellow there. And quite simply that changed the outcome of the match.
1: Yeah, that that, that was tough. Um, I'm looking ninth minute, uh, not a clear cut, uh-huh. like break or anything like that. Really? wasn't didn't look like an intentional handball. Definitely tough. Um, I do think Mourinho's lack of presence maybe hurts at times. Maybe, I don't know if they just don't get as motivated before the match. Maybe fatigue set in a little bit. I don't know. Um, I think the fourth goal was fatigue, right? You're down a man for so long. But it'll be interesting to see the Derby. Maybe, you know, cooler heads prevail with Foti on the sideline. You know, I'm sure Mourinho yeah. still is, you know, you know, not skyping in but probably like facetiming in or something into the locker room for his pre-match talk or something i'm sure he's gonna have his say or give him a a good rousing pep talk the day before um but yeah uh it's it's been something we've dealt with plenty um yeah i'm just just glad he was there for Juve because it seemed to have an effect for that match it did seem to to work but like before that carmenese match he basically told the guys right if we win this game we're gonna qualify for the champions league If we don't win this game we're going to be in like Europa league or conference league next year. And they went and lost that match. So it's like, does it really matter? I don't know. Um, but from a mentality standpoint, I think we do see the difference with this team overall, whether Mourinho's on the sidelines or not. I, I do think they fought a lot harder than we may have seen in other years. Um, yeah. Now we have to hope that mentally they're strong enough to bounce back Thursday, get a decent result mm-hmm. enough to get through. And then hopefully on Friday, St. Patrick's day, we're learning who our opponent is in the quarterfinals and th- and that's, uh, carry some momentum into Sunday. That's all we can really yeah. hope for at this point. Yeah. So I guess we leave it there, Jim. I mean, not a not a very upbeat podcast, of course, after a 4-3 loss to Sassuolo, down 2-0 early, down a man at halftime. Kabula makes a really bonehead mistake. So we'll kind of see yeah. if there's any uh, fallout from that for him in terms of playing time moving forward. Uh, but keep up with the site. We'll have you covered for the Sociedad match. Of course, the Derby coming up. And uh, thanks again for listening. And hopefully we can put this one past us really quickly.